What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 43. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined, as always, by my beautiful friend. I don't know why I said that that way. I was trying to think of an adjective, but you know what? I'm going with it. My beautiful friend, Brett Roberts, and our even more beautiful AI companion, HBot. Hello, everyone. Brett, hello. How are you? What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm alive. I'm good. I'm actually high energy today, which I told you before we started. I'm excited to discuss some of the topics that we're going to. Yeah. Um, just because I have a lot of thoughts, feelings, and opinions on them, uh, which in no way obviously reflect your own thoughts, feelings, and opinions, which is why we will discuss it. But Absolutely. Why the high energy say? on a Monday, if I may ask? I don't know. Well, okay. I don't know. I think it's just the topics. And then speaking of, while we're on the thing of topics, just a quick update for everybody. We're going to have obviously the podcast this week that you're all watching right now. We're going to have probably a podcast next week too with all the videos and stuff like that. But what we're also going to record probably once we're done this, uh, something that we haven't done in a little while that I know everybody likes. That's uh, That's right. That's it right there. An episode of Unclaimed Baggage uh, coming at you, so w watch out for that. Uh, and then I will be on vacation for a week, so you'll probably get that Unclaimed Baggage episode in two weeks from now while I'm on vacation since we won't have video, something like that. Anyway. That's right. And Josh, before you move on, I do want to say that we have a video on our channel that was just released last week called oh, Days yeah. Gone, PlayStation's Not So Hidden Gem. Yes, we do. It I was... want to thank everyone everybody for watching that yep. uh, and you know the reddit community uh helped a lot there uh but you know what's not so great about that brett that video what's that and that's like 60 some percent of you people out there watch that video and are not subscribed to the channel so it was 67.7 percent of everyone that watched that video all right 67 67.7 67.7 67.7 percent so listen subscribe Helps us. Subscribe. Helps you. Hit that notification bell. Do it. Because again, it's almost 70% of people that watch that video are not subscribed to the channel. And the so, video got all good reception, good likes, no dislikes. Great. So great everyone... reception. Maybe maybe the best received video we've literally ever done on our channel. That's right. So you'd have to imagine that some of you liked it. So please consider dropping a subscribe. And also, if you're watching this after watching that, then you really should subscribe. Yes. Right. You should. Yes, you absolutely should. And if you don't, then what are you doing? That's I don't know. all right. Well, all right. anyway, back to the, the, the topic at hand. Uh, what we're talking about today, Brett, uh, I have a secret topic for you today, which you know nothing about. I told you that it's PlayStation related, but that's it. Mm -hmm. So we have a secret topic, uh, which I'm still not even going to mention until we start recording it. So, But everyone will already know what it is because of the timestamps. Probably, yes. Uh, but anyway, and the video would have already come out. I know, but you don't know what it is yet still. So I'm still not going to say it. So we have a secret topic. Uh, then we're going to be talking about Kutaku, uh, and some not so great stuff going on over there. Uh, and in addition to one of those articles, the new editor in chief of Kotaku also put out a letter, uh, to everybody, which I think is very telling and I want to discuss with everybody. Um, and then we're going to be talking about Ari verse getting delayed again 
Uh, yikes. Uh, and then we're wrapping it up, as we do always, with Indie Intel, talking about a game today called Crown Sworn, which Crow looks Sworn. fucking... Crow, Crow Sworn, which looks fucking slick. So, anyway. Brett, before we hop into our main topics, let us do our media consumption update. Here's what I would like. I want you to give me yours, but I want you to end yours with the same things that I have also been watching and or playing, which you know of which they are, so that we can talk about them, and then I'll talk about the rest of mine. So you want me to end with Oink Oink? Oink Oink and uh, Bolts and bolts and Bobs and Bits. Oh, okay. I haven't been playing that. Only you have. Okay, well then, I'll start mine with that. Never mind. Go ahead. So I've been playing Apex Legends, as always. I just beat the Battle Pass, or finished the Battle Pass uh, with Josh. We both did it together. Um, that was great. You got a new character coming soon. Josh, I sent you uh, a TikTok where they revealed uh, who the new character is, and mm -hmm. there's going to be a light uh, LMG added to the game, mm -hmm. and you know a bunch of other stuff. So That's right. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I, I got my yeah. Nintendo Switch hooked up for the first time since I moved. So I uh, have wow. been playing some Switch. Um, specifically, I've been playing Smash, trying out Kazuya from Tekken. He's really OP as fuck. Uh, and I've been playing Pokemon and Pokemon Go, actually, a lot. So uh, Sword and Shield I popped on for a little bit the other night and just did some Crown uh, Tundra Dungeons where you basically just go through with a bunch of random people with rented Pokemon and uh, you get to a legendary at the end. And then you, you could choose the whatever Pokemon you encountered throughout the whole journey. You can like choose to keep one of them. So um, I did that, trying to like you know get a shiny. And then Pokemon Go, uh, Go Fest or whatever the fuck it's called, was this weekend, and I paid like five dollars for it. And uh, I kind of consumed my weekend like Saturday um, early on. I was playing it pretty much all morning, and then I hung out with you guys. And then Sunday, um, pretty much all day, uh, when I was with my fiance and her family. I was just playing Pokemon Go the whole time. So uh, nice. they had some cool stuff going on. A lot of like, uh, you know, free items and raids were going on and legendaries were available and stuff. So, yeah, uh, nothing really crazy. No single player experiences. I still am going to play Days Gone. That is the next game that I'm going to pop in my PS5. Uh, again, if you haven't seen it, Days Gone, PlayStation's not so hidden gem. Um, but, Josh, we hung out this weekend and we watched mm -hmm. a film at the movie theater. Uh well, first, I should say we hung out and we watched a movie called Kite or Kite. Kite. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Uh, it's an anime film that was basically a hentai, uh, but it was fucking good and like action packed and like really cool. So there's that. And then we went and we saw Oink Oink Pig at the movie theater together. First time at the movie theater in a long time. Uh, I actually went a couple of weeks ago and saw a movie at the theater. I'm not allowed to talk about that yet. Signed an NDA. I'm really cool. Uh, but Pig was my first real experience. I didn't have to wear a mask. Um, no, you know, guidelines were being followed or issued out at all. So, you know, it was a really free experience. We're both and it was vaxxed. almost, yeah, all vaxxed. Uh, but Josh, the experience was f very free, but almost too free. People, you know, were going back to their old ways a little bit in that theater. Listen, I just want to say, first of all, that movie is phenomenal. It's my favorite movie of the year thus far. I think Nick Cage, like, no memes, actually deserves to be nominated for an Oscar for it. Like, it is 
yeah. probably maybe his the, his best like a career like performance in my opinion uh, and that movie is phenomenal i agree but sorry continue oh no i was kind of segueing into you uh so you oh. could shit all over the crowd listen i love going to the movies i love i love movies i love film i fucking hate humans i hate human beings if you go to a movie theater and you're gonna talk or have your phone out just fucking stay home just don't go to the theater just don't do it because it's fucking annoying and it ruins it for everybody and i know i'm bad in the sense that like if if i see one person take their phone out i will fixate and stop paying attention to the movie and fucking stare at that person i will get up and go tell that person to put your fucking phone away because i can't bite my tongue because it's frustrating we had He's some stupid i have done it we have we had some stupid bitch behind us the entire fucking movie just go to the person sitting next to it dude literally the entire movie like full-blown conversations in whisper i don't care if you're whispering i can still hear you then that fucking person's phone went off so loud it sounded like a fucking anime intro dude i don't know what the fuck it was but it went off so loud and then the person in front of us their phone went off not once but fucking twice then they fucking talked about it and then she fucking pulled the phone out and had it on the rest of the fucking end of the movie and was like fucking a blinding light in my face fuck those people you're the scum of the earth i hate you and it's worth noting that pig is available on demand i believe there's ways you can watch it online uh at home i should have i should have and what I'm the, no, the point I'm, I'm saying is if you were going to be a fucking cunt, then just stay oh. home and watch it there because you could have. Uh, it's not like you had to go to the theater for that. I know. know. Yeah, I just I don't know, dude. I think the older I get, uh, the more I can't stand human beings. And it's partially because people suck, but it's also partially like my own. Like, I just can't get over it. Like, I just I'm at the point where, like, I don't care anymore. I'm going to say exactly what I want to say. And I can't stand people and I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable or put myself in that situation. So honestly, I like kind of was joking about it with you guys the other day, but I might, I, I might seriously, I'd be done with going to the movies. Like, unless it's like a big, yeah. like event, like event, event film or something like that, where like, I probably won't care as much. Cause it's more about the experience, like a Marvel movie, a star Wars movie, like whatever it is. I don't think I can go to the theater anymore because like, it's just time after time after time after time people ruin it for me and i don't want to like get angry when i'm trying to sit and enjoy a film that i really want to watch so yeah i'm with you i've actually been there like i'm i'm already there like i don't like going to the movies like you guys were like you want to go see this and i'm like dude we literally have it like we can watch it at home and you guys were i like, know no. dude and and it's not just you like our buddy steven's like that like they love the movies and i'm like listen yeah. i like the movies too but number one the food is so expensive and i, I can't help myself and i gotta get like a snack and number two, the people are fucking abysmal. And honestly, dude, I'm like really anxious. Like I have really bad anxiety and I'm sitting in the theater and like I'm worried about myself making too much noise. Like I, I swear, like I had Twizzlers at the movie at Pig when we saw Pig and I was afraid to eat them because they I, were like I crinkly. Know. I know, but I'm right there with you. If I have any loud food, it's done before the movie starts. Exactly. Like it's finished before the movie starts. Unless it's popcorn, it's finished before the movie starts. Dude, I don't even chewing. want to get a small. I don't even want to get a small. Well, your jaw pops too. Yeah. Uh, chewing but though, I'm like I, self-conscious. I hear you. Like anything, like forget it. Unless it's popcorn Swallowing. in one of in one of those um, like the cardboard big things. Mm -hmm. If it's in a bag, forget it. I'm done. But other people yeah. are not that considerate, and like I I do love going to the movies. But 
I don't like going in those small, tiny theaters with those shitty ass seats when the air conditioning is like not up high enough. Like it's fucking smelly, it's stinky, it's sticky, and it's gross. If it's a prime format, the nice leather seats yeah. and the air conditioning's on, and it's a big event, fine. But I seriously, I'm I might be done, dude. Like I but can't they, I can't handle it. They only play like the fucking big blockbusters on those, and the I problem know. is usually they're like bad. Like I know, know. and I want to like support. Like especially smaller indie indie movies, which where you and I I think get a lot of our enjoyment out of is going to see those more niche things. But yeah. you know what? If I can watch it at home, I think I'm just gonna do that from now on. Even if we get it on our streaming service, <clears throat> instead of going to the movie, I might just say fuck it. I'm just gonna like rent this thing or buy this thing to support this director or artist or studio yeah. I like, and that's it. Because I I think and maybe it's a form of like my own anxiety, but like I really can't take it anymore. Like I'm I feel myself like going to snap and I'm gonna get myself in trouble. And I don't want yeah. to get to that point because when I, you know it, you've been there, you see me. When I go red and I go, I'm gone. Like I'm yeah. a fucking, like I turn into an animal and you're done. Like I will eviscerate you. I will literally tear you apart because yeah. I will be finished. And I I've don't, seen, I don't want to get to that point. And you, you're like, can you please get off your phone? You're nice at first. And then dude, the lady did not get off her phone. She just stayed on it and it was bad. It was very bad. Yeah. So I can't be like that. It's bad for my own health. It's like bad. Like I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want to be that way. So I think just moving forward, I might have to remove myself from the yeah, situation. And one more thing I want to mention is like, you know, movie theaters pretty much like died mm -hmm. over the pandemic. And like, we don't want to do anything but support them because we love film and we love movies and we, we want them to, to succeed. Our favorite theater that did midnight showings shut down over the pandemic because they couldn't yeah. keep up with it anymore. And you know what? I didn't mind going to those because those were the... Yeah. Those were us and those people there. Yeah, it was packed and no Never, one fucking anything. Not a had peep, a phone, dude. You can nothing. hear a fucking pin drop in those theaters, yeah, dude, because dude. everybody was the same mindset. But when yep. you go to a big chain like AMC, nobody else gives a fuck, dude. Yeah. So anyway, sad. end rant. Well, that was a good little conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, Pig was slick. <laughs> um, it was really cool. Uh, I also watched the third part of Fear Street. Um, which I know is a lot of people's favorite. It's actually my least favorite out of three. It's not bad by any means. Um, but they do something towards the latter half. Um, and I know you didn't watch it yet, Brett, right? I, so I'm not going to say anything, but they make a choice. Um, and I can't even say what that kind of choice is because that in and of itself is a spoiler. <laughs> so I just, I'll leave it at that. They make a choice that I do not like. Uh, and they did it in a way that I did not like and felt very not good to me um but it's not bad i still liked it but my least favorite i also watched um uh a classic horror story which just came out on netflix uh i don't know if you've heard of this or not is starring the same um girl that was in that movie revenge that came out a couple years ago which was super fucking bloody gory over the top and fucking badass i love that movie so i saw this was coming out to netflix i follow her on instagram and i saw that and i was like oh that sounds interesting i'll check it out uh it was just okay unfortunately but yeah <laughs> besides that um i have been playing i've platinum mass effect 2 uh since the last time we talked i have platinum ratchet and clank so i started i finished ratchet and clank in like three sittings uh phenomenal game my man uh, a lot of fun i had a yeah. great fucking time with that game uh doesn't take itself too seriously is fairly short does not overstay its welcome uh, a lot of fun. It's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> like, it, it like, seriously is, like, one of the best-looking games of all time. Like, it's incredible. 
Uh, the yeah. PS5 functionality, the loading, the rips, the dual sense stuff. Like it's it's just it was fun. Like it was a perfectly fun, good little palate cleanser for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I started playing Mass Effect Three again, which I can already tell is going to be a slog. <laughs> well, you were saying it has issues. Before we move on to Mass Effect Three, I do want to yeah. talk about Ratchet real quick. Yeah. Um, you and I talked about it a little bit when we hung out, and I just wanted to mention something that I forgot to mention to you in person. Uh, yeah. So I was about... Mm, I was on, like, the last mission. Like, pretty much, like, the last mission. Um, I was. On, it was the mission where you're on the planet where it goes, like, back and forth. You go back and forth between it being overrun by the abysmal uh, nefarious... The and little being, stones that you hit? No, no. It's like dilapidated. It, it, the planet is like dilapidated, and then you go to the other version of it, and Nefarious is in charge. And all the oh, yeah, minions yeah, yeah. are there. Like okay, the labs yeah. and shit. Yeah. So yeah. I'm on that mission. Maybe even the one after that, if, if I'm remember, remembering correctly. But anyway, I was trying to get a crystal that was up on top of something. And I jumped up, and I tried to like slam down to hit it. And I accidentally like literally smashed down into like nothingness like into the void my game crashed my save got cr- like my game crashed the console froze i had to unplug it plug it back in my save got corrupted i was shitting myself because i was playing for literally hours that day and my playstation uh, uh online cloud save was literally from the night before and i literally like played most of the game that day i was so mad Right. So I I start the game and it's like your save data is corrupted. You have to choose which. So this is like a PS5 issue. It said I had to choose which save data I wanted to keep and which save data I wanted to delete. And it was giving me a choice. I could try to load the corrupted save. Or I could delete my corrupted save and overwrite it with the hours lost from online from the PlayStation Plus uh, cloud save. There was no option to export the save to a USB. So I literally had a shot in the dark of right now I got to make a choice. Am I deleting my save file calling it? That's it. Or am I going to load? Dude, you had if I loaded my save that was corrupt and it was corrupt. My plus save the cloud was gone. It overrode it. So you had to make a choice. Which one are you going to do? I literally, dude, I took a gamble. <laughs> I chose the corrupted save. It deleted the cloud save. It worked. The save wasn't corrupt. It was, it oh, was fine. dude. But what that kind was, of shit is that? That was one of the most stressful stories I've heard in my entire life. Dude, how <laughs> do you make... How do you make people make that decision? And the save wasn't even corrupt. What if I replaced it? Hours lost. That's a problem. You got to let me export that. Yeah. Dude, it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually going to bring up... Uh, I was going to ask you if you mentioned every time I suspended the game, like if I or like turn my console in rest mode and the game was still running and I went back to it, it would take a couple seconds and it would load it showed like transferring data from like the cloud save and I wanted it, I was wondering if you noticed that. I was like I've never seen a PS5 game do that where like when you suspend it, it like takes a couple seconds. It literally shows you and it's transferring data from the cloud. So I didn't see I that. I wonder if that has something to do with it. 
could be i thought you were going to mention like a memory leak type situation where like you you turned it back on um after it was in rest mode and like the game wasn't running quite right because it, it was like leaking oh, memory no, or no, something no, no. but no it had to do with loading the save that's abysmal though that that seems like a big issue yeah it was literally like your save is corrupted you have to choose when i went to start the game it was like you can't start the game. You got to choose which save file do you want to load. And and it said once you load it, it's the, the other one's deleted. It just doesn't I even make sense. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. Anyway, Mass Effect 3, you're saying it runs like absolute shit, yeah? It it does. In the the first 30 minutes almost of the game, like, bad. Like, it was tanking frame. And I'm playing on performance mode, mind you, too. Um, Fucking tank. Like, I mean chugging, dude like fucking chugging to the point where i was like i don't know if i can play this like it was bad um and i saw that it was a big issue i didn't expect it to be that big of an issue i also i mean i guess for fairness sake i'm more like i could if you present me something i can notice single frame drops like i've gotten to that point in my life where i was like like that i'm not like a i am a frame rate stop but i'm more so just susceptible to them which again we've talked about this before it's like why i have such an issue with like vr and like getting motion sickness and stuff like that like i can just it's yeah. not good but still dude it's like inexcusable and this is like a remastered like legendary edition like i don't understand and this is an issue that's been there since launch because digital foundry did a video on it fucking um ea whoever whatever the studio that ported it is it might be current bioware acknowledged it and it's never been fixed it hasn't been patched yet yeah um so it's an issue it's better now but even from even besides the performance stuff, dude, there's like stories, there's story decisions they make in the first like hour of the game where I was like, I already hate this. Have you never played it? Mass Effect three? No, I know what the ending is. I've oh. heard how abysmal the ending is, but I've never actually played it. And dude, right off the bat, like they literally like wash away huge events that happened in the previous game. Like, they, dude, it's it's not good. That's why I like I, I've always wanted to get into Mass Effect and. I get that a lot of people are big fans of it, but then like I hear shit like this and I'm like, I just don't like Assassin's Creed, the same thing. I never got involved in that ecosystem. And it, yeah. I feel like that was for the better because there's, you know, it's a dime a dozen with that franchise with Mass Effect. It's like you had a great time with like one and two. And now it's like three dude, it's, Andromeda. Like, I don't know. They dude. just and they just make choices that I don't like. And there's like characters that were in the first game that weren't really in the second game that are back now in the third game. And it's almost like they've ignored like all of the events of the previous mm. game. Like you have like this guy that was like your right hand man. The first game he comes back and he's like questioning you constantly. Like he's like, I don't think, I don't think I can trust you. I don't think X, Y, and Z. I'm like, dude, you don't think you can fucking trust me? Like I literally just saved humanity. Like, from total annihilation and you don't trust me he's like yeah man you were like in with like this organization i don't know if i can trust you it's like it's just like there's like stuff with characters that like doesn't make any sense and like thematically is so clashing and off it's like honestly off-putting and i don't i like don't even want to play it like that's the point where i'm at where it's, like, i don't save, like this does your save and decisions you make transfer through the games yes which they did like seamlessly with this with this like mass effect one to two mass effect two to three dude you can tell they made decisions and forced it so that they can tell this specific thing if you're creating an rpg series and you're going to do transferable saves where there's like huge huge decisions made don't do that and if yes. you want to do your own thing then make it linear and don't include it because it's i'm like only a couple hours in and i'm completely off put from it that's bad so anyway 
that's it. That was a that was a long intro, everybody. Thanks for thanks for watching. That's right. That's it. That'll do it for this episode of Haptica. All right. Okay. Make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. Anyway, anything else on that, bro? Are you ready to hop into our main topics? I'm ready. I want to know what this secret topic is. Yes. So I've been thinking a lot lately, Brett, about PlayStation and its ecosystem and how while we often disagree with choices they make as a company, right, uh, and we criticize them on things like that, which I think is perfectly healthy too. They're an organization. Remember, organizations do not need you to defend them, okay? Um, they don't need it. I love the ecosystem. And this is something that we've talked about a lot. And specifically, when we were talking about the other day, when we were hanging out at your house, it kind of sparked something in my head on, my, on the way home. Um, like, we had a conversation about something, and it was around how Nintendo has the opposite of an ecosystem. Everything about it is cumbersome. There's no achievements. There's no trophies for Nintendo. Yep. But PlayStation has trophies, right? And people collect trophies. And you and I might not be the most hardcore trophy hunters, but we, st we still enjoy trophies right like we like getting platinums we go out of our way to play stupid ass games to get the platinums right yep so what what i wanted to do quickly it doesn't have to be a long topic i wanted to just really quickly compare our platinum histories and talk about maybe what is our hardest platinum and i have i have actual numbers i have percentages but what what is our hardest platinums and also what are our favorite platinums just very simply um and I, I don't know. I just felt like talking about it with you. Cause I, and I like literally like I have a spreadsheet over here. So I'm going to take you through some information. You so you know more up. about, you know, more I know, about I know more about your trophy history than you know about your own trophy history. That's right. Okay. okay. So listen, let me preface this by saying nobody shit on us. Okay. Listen, we know people I'll have hundreds of platinums out there. We don't. Okay. We're working men. We didn't I even hold on. Oh, wait, I think that our trophy lists are quite good. I think that for being normal human beings, I think we have good trophies. I'm not saying lists. I'm not I'm not saying that, but there's other people out there that literally all they do is get trophies. And also, okay. mind you, we were not huge into the PlayStation ecosystem until the beginning of the PS4 era. That's yeah, you're right. We were Xbox so we, 360 players. We missed the entire PS3 era from the start. So we were 360 players. So we have very large gamer scores too, mind you. Yep. Okay. Yep. So anyway. So Brett, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through I'm gonna go through your your trophy list, okay? I'm going to go through my trophy list, just explaining some of the ones that we have that are the same, okay? We both have... Go ahead. I was going to say, before you do that, you said, like, our favorites and, and all that. This was completely sprung on me. You're, so I'm just going to go with the flow here and... Yeah, I'm, oh, okay. I'm going to take, take you through each one, right? So maybe There's some... 40 or 30 for me. Just, yes, exactly. So some quick <laughs> stats. All right. I'm going to I'm going to list some of the ones that we're not talking about. All right. About. Go ahead. Go ahead. So quick so quick stats. You have 30 platinums, okay? Yep. Your trophy level is 348. That's okay? right. I have 23 platinums. My trophy trophy level is 327. Mhm. Mm Your most recent platinum trophy, Brett. No, oh, I don't want to talk about that one. Is Baseball Challenge Mode Edition Breakthrough Gaming Arcade. Uh -huh. We're not going to talk about that. 98% of people have the platinum in it. Uh-huh. Road Bustle is your next most recent platinum. 98% of players have that. I also have the Road Bustle platinum, okay? Mm -hmm. But I got that seemingly a little while ago for some reason. For, for those that don't know, these are games that cost like 99 cents and they have like a really, really, really easy platinum. Yes, 
which we we get some from time to time just to first of all sometimes they're stupid fun and also just to pat out our platinums okay sue us right. then bu bug snacks which we both have which that was a great has, one it, it is a great one which 40 percent of players have brett i love bugs bug snacks platinum my name is mayo 2 which we both have which 98 percent of people have the platinum for that one is like uh is it okay to comment or are you just going through yes no please okay yeah we're gonna so go more name... in depth on some of the bigger ones but yeah let's knock out the crap ones first kind of so my name is mayo is in the category of like the really easy platinums that aren't that easy they're they're still a little challenging because they're time consuming right this mm -hmm. wasn't one that like you can get in three seconds like uh baseball right. or whatever this one actually takes time but also the game is charming and it's not it like a, charming. A, it's not like bullshit like the other ones i just want to point yes. that out it's an easy yeah. platinum but Right, and we both have uh, the original My Name is Mayo Platinum, which 96% of players have it, and you actually have it on PS4 and Vita, Brett. Yeah, and that might be a cross-save uh, a cross save situation where I like did it on one and then the save transferred so all my trophies popped. I'm not sure. Yes, yeah. Concept Destruction, uh, which actually looks like you don't have. I thought you did. You do not have Concept Destruction. That's one that you told that me is. to... You told me to buy that. 93% of players have that. Okay. Miles Morales, we both have. 55% of players have it. Fairly easy platinum. It's a little time consuming, but relatively easy. Nice. No qualms there. Astro's Playroom, we both have. Good one. S great one. The first platinum we got on PS5, 60% of players have that. Uh, Rocket League, Brett. That's a good one. That is a good one. You and I have that, and we are in the top 20% club because only 19% of players have the Platinum for Rocket League, which surprised me when I was looking at this list. I expected more people to have that. But I do remember us having to grind out some of the ones, and I was looking at some of the individual percentages, and some of the last ones that we have are mm -hmm. much rarer than some of the one, like the other ones that are fairly easy. So I thought that gotcha. was Super Weekend Mode, you have for PS4 and PS Vita, 96% of players have that. That Comment one was on a that. harder, yeah, that was a harder one of those easy ones made by the same company, I believe. I, so there's a company called Ratalika Games, and they make mm -hmm. these like easy platinum games, but they're, they still have charm. This mm -hmm. is one of those, I believe. Yeah. Next one, which we both have, Conan Exiles. Now, you'll remember this as being supposed to be an easy platinum. What if I told you that only 25% of players have the platinum for this? I'll tell you why. So the reason that only 25% of players have this is because the game was released free with PlayStation Plus. Mm -hmm. So the install base was huge. So that percentage instantly goes all the way up. Yeah. The platinum <clears throat> was easy only because we cheated. Uh, for that one, you could plug a keyboard into right. the USB port of your PS4 and enter codes and spawn in certain things to make the platinum a lot easier so yeah okay <clears throat> still cool. a fun one though yeah accounting plus you have 40 percent of players have that that game's phenomenal and that platinum was well earned yeah i'm gonna start skipping some here because they're lower percentages and probably going to be the t more top tier ones mr okay. masagi you have 96 percent of players have that mr masagi that is yeah. a game oh it simply vibrates the controller. That's all it does. Yeah. Um, There's a story, though. There is a story. Yeah, okay. Tesla Grad. 
you have three platinums for Tesla grad on PS4, PS3, and PS Vita. 28% of players have that. I average that out. It's a little bit different on each platform. But. So the Tesla grad is a unique game in that I thought it was an easy platinum, so I played through it, and it was not an easy platinum. However, Josh, it's weird in that you get the plat, you can get the platinum before you beat the game. So I actually never beat the game. I platinumed it and stopped playing. Okay. I had to get quite far, though. And then the PS4, Vita, and PS3. It was PS3, right? Yep. That is from uh, cross-save. So I would just transfer my save. All the trophies would pop. Yeah. You also have a Sound Shapes Platinum on PS4, PS3, and Vita. 42% of players have that. Josh, this was one of the most challenging Platinums I ever got. Wow. And, okay. I will, and I will say that the three Platinums for it completely justified in that how hard it was. Wow. What was particularly it, hard about it? It's a rhythm game. It's a rhythm uh, ah, platforming okay. type of game. It's it's really interesting, actually, the gameplay. Mm -hmm. um, but there was like a level that you had to beat to get this one trophy. And dude, it was fucking rough. I'll take so. your word for it. Next one. And this will probably be the last one that I go through right this second. Just looking at the percentages and just knowing your play history. And that is the Telltale's The Walking Dead, which we both have, which 72% of players have that. Um, yeah, that, Telltale that one stuff, you get yeah god you just you just get it by by beating the game so yeah and going off of that i'm going to go through some of myers really quickly easier ones uh game of thrones which was also a telltale one mm -hmm. hitman go definitive edition um 70 of players have that now that you have it? is i do have it yeah hitman go definitive edition now i was surprised when i saw this because i did not think this was an easy platinum i fucking grinded my cock to the stone but you know what is easy about it is that it's a puzzle game and people probably just looked up the solutions for them. You literally can look up uh, Hitman Go uh, like walkthroughs or YouTube videos and it'll just say like level one, five up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. And you literally just push the buttons and you beat the, the level. I and I don't have it yet because it was really time consuming. I played the fuck out of that game. I actually enjoyed it. Um, Good anyway. game. Uh, Batman, uh, Telltale's Batman I have, which 61% of players have it, which means only 61% of people beat that game, which is surprising. 1,000 top-rated trophies, probably my most egregious one. 94% of players have that. I was surprised to see that you actually don't have this platinum. I don't. When I went to buy it, they uh, took it off the market. Ah. It's a rare one in that they don't. it's not available anymore. Yeah. Uh, Radio Squid I have as well, which 87% of players have it from that same company, which you told me about. Um, and then I'm going to throw Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart in here as well, because 64% of players have that. I just did that. We talked about it at the top of the show. Fairly easy platinum. Fun platinum, though. Good one. Yep. Okay, Brett. You want me to go through mine real quick or go through yours? I have less remaining than you do. Go ahead and go through yours. Okay. Job Simulator. Good one. Which 37% of players have. I love Job Simulator. That was so much fun. And it was a, not an easy platinum, but it was a stupid platinum. Um, yeah. And like it made you do ridiculous, very specific, ridiculous tasks, uh, which is why I enjoyed it so much. Any platinum that's in VR, I feel like, is like a big accomplishment. So, yeah. So that was a lot of fun, but not my favorite. Uh, Mass Effect 2, 49% of players have this as well in the Legendary Collection. Um, also a really uh, kind of enjoyable platinum just because it's most of it's tied to the story and the story from Mass Effect 2 is unparalleled in my opinion, but still not my favorite. Ghost of Tsushima, 50% of players have that platinum. I love that game. 
that platinum was fun and never felt like a slog. It's a little checklisty, but there's nothing wrong with that with the collectibles, and I really enjoyed it, mainly just because that world is beautiful. Okay. Uh, Days Gone. 32% of players have that platinum. I also loved it. A little checklisty, just like Ghost of Tsushima, but still a great platinum. But Josh, Days Gone, would you say that it's PlayStation's not-so-hidden gem? I would say that, especially seeing as only 32% of players have the platinum, or not 32%. Yes, 32%, and it's really not that hard of a platinum, You and, and you only, can get it in one playthrough. And only 67.7% of the people that watched our Days Gone PlayStation's not-so-hidden gem video are subscribed to our channel. Interesting. That's That's correct. It's almost like people are watching the video without subscribing. They should subscribe. <laughs> Last of Us 2 is my next one. 30% of players have that platinum. Yeah. Love love The Last of Us 2. You have to beat you have to play through the entire story. The entire story twice. Yeah. Which, which yeah, I did. That's, that's a rough one. Twice. Um, but still, it made me appreciate it more and probably helped fuel why it was one of my favorites of the year. Then I have two remaining platinums left, Brett. One is my most rare, um, which you also have, so I'll mention it. I don't think it's going to be your favorite one. And then the other one remaining is my favorite one. But that is Killing Floor 2, which only 8% of players have that trophy, the Platinum that, Trophy, which, which you also have. We are two of the 8%. That game was um, free with plus and then free to play, and that's why it's so low. But it also, there was, I forget which trophy it is, but there's something in there that's abysmal. But we played the fuck out of that game. We also glitched uh, the last trophy, I think, that we needed. I forget what it was. You're right. There was a glitch where zombies were not able to get you in a corner, and uh, yeah. which is actually how I got a couple Platinums in different games, and I'll you'll probably mention the one. Um, and yeah, so we would just sit in a corner, they couldn't get us, and we would just kill zombies over and over and over again, and that's how we got the Platinum yeah so. and then my favorite platinum brett is control 32 percent of players have that platinum it is also my favorite platinum because it makes you explore everything in the game and had i not been trying to platinum the game i would not have come to one of the largest realizations that are included in that game um and it's fucking slick i love control my favorite platinum 32% of players have it. All right, so you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 remaining here, Brett. How do you want me to do this? Go through them. Do you want me to go, go, go from least rare to rarest? Yeah. And then you'll tell me what's your favorite one. All right, your next uh, least rare one with 28% of players completing it is Infamous Second Son. I want to talk about this one. I want to talk okay. about all of them, but this one specifically, yeah. Infamous Second Son was like one of my first Platinums um, mm -hmm. in general. In fact... It's your first platinum. There you go. Yeah. So th that one has a lot of, you know, it means a lot to me because it was my first one. And I know I'm being emotional over a fucking digital little icon. But um, you had to play through the game twice. And you had to play through the game as a good guy and then a bad guy or a bad guy and then a good guy. And I, the, so one of the reasons that I don't get the platinum in a lot of Sony's like first party games is because they usually require you to play the game twice or, or multiple times. And if the game is a linear story where the story is the same, no matter what, it's boring for me to play the game twice. I don't like, especially like right after I play, like sure. I don't want to play it once and then play it again. 
Now, if it's a great story, that's great. I just still can't. Even with movies, like, I can't really go see a movie and then watch it again. Like, it takes me, and you know this about me. Like, I can't I watch a movie yeah. and then, like, the next week watch, the, watch it again. I'm just not interested. Yeah. So, when, yeah. with Infamous Second Son, at least, uh, you have to play it in a different way, and the ending is different. So, I was, like, working towards, like, a completely different thing, you know? Yeah. I fucked myself on that game because I did the evil playthrough first. Which is the and, easier way. Which is the easier way. And having to go back and do some of those platinums on the good playthrough is like very hard because you have to be way more precise. You can't kill people and stuff like that. Uh, so, yep. Um, all right. Your next least rare uh, trophy, Brett, is Bloodborne with 21% of players completing it. I'm surprised that one is, uh, is, is not more rare because it requires you to do the chalice dungeon stuff, which is like side content almost. Um, mm -hmm. the, you have this, right? No, I am two trophies away. And is it the Chalice Dungeon stuff? Yes. Dude, I've actually gone and done this with other friends of ours to get them the Platinum. I would I do it. I would do I it with you. I've, I've been meaning for a very long time to go back. It's a, it's a scourge on my profile, my well, trophy history. I own the Bloodborne DLC, Josh, and I've never played it. Oh my god, the fucking DLC is incredible. So why don't we... And I'm see well, I kinda wanna wait and see if they make a fucking PS5 version, but you know, why don't we play the DLC and then we'll do the chalice dungeons together and I'll get you that platinum. I'd love to. Because the DLC is phenomenal. Arguably, actually not arguably, is my favorite in any Soulsborne game. I've played every DLC there is, so Yeah. Well the cool so the cool thing about this platinum was that basically there's a, a whole extra boss in the game that you can't get to unless you, you know, are going for the platinum. Mm -hmm. And you have to kill her to get the platinum. She's like the last thing you do, and then you get it. Right. Um, so, yeah, the journey up to her, I mean, Jesus Christ, the bosses are fucking awful. Like, there's a dog that's, like, on fire, and he's fucking abysmal. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. It's so fun, like, progressing through. Because the Chalice Dungeons are almost like these randomly generated, you know, level things. So, I don't know, like, finding the switch, activating it going to the next floor, speedrunning it, all that. So, yeah, I, I really like the Bloodborne Platinum. That one means a lot to me, too. Yeah, Bloodborne's a great game. Um, all right, your next least rare one, Brett. Let's see here. Dark Souls 3, 18% of, of players have that. I knew this was coming. Um, Dark Souls 3 was tough. It was tough. It's one of the easier Souls games. It's actually my favorite uh, Dark Souls game, not my favorite Souls game. Um and I will tell you that the reason it was so hard is because you have to get all the spells. And to get all the spells, you have to do all the covenant stuff. And there's right. a covenant in the game that is, like, broken. It doesn't work right. And yep. uh, it requires you to be online, and someone has to, like, invade you, and you have to kill them. Or, the, like, I don't fucking remember what it is, dude. Um, but essentially, you needed, like, these ear items, these, like, ears. And essentially what I found out was that to get that covenant item, you um, you could you could kill the specific knight in Anerlando on the stairs. So I would literally load up Anerlando, run up, kill both of the knights on the stairs that would run down, and then just like reload that level over. I know where, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, over and over again until I got an ear, and I had to do it multiple times. Uh, and it's like the lowest drop in the game. Yeah, I think that's actually where my platinum journey started and ended. I was like, if I can get this one specific thing, I'll do it. If not, I'm not. And I gave up. Yeah. 
I don't remember if I was in high school or college. I forget when the game came out, but I remember it was the type of thing where I would just put the game on and uh, for hours just do that, waste mm -hmm. time. And um, yeah, and then eventually what you, what you have to do is you have to play the game multiple playthroughs as well. New game plus, new game right. plus plus. And I would uh, run through it with all you guys. So I had a character that was already, you know, new game plus plus or whatever. But then there was like one ring I needed that I forget what it was, but I was like, fuck that. And I was able to go on the subreddit and have a guy drop the ring, and right. I picked it up online, and it gave me I, the tr the trophy, I, and I got I, it. I, I do remember that, yeah. So, very cool. Yeah. Your your next most rare platinum, Uncharted Drake's Fortune remastered. Sixteen percent of players have that. Yeah, I told myself I was going to do all of the Uncharted games and platinum all of them, it, but it looks like where you started and stopped. Yeah, Uncharted one was kind of tough, and I started two and. I was having no fun with Uncharted 2 because I was trying to get the platinum, so I stopped. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a, it was definitely like an earned platinum Uncharted one. Uncharted 2, arguably the worst in the series, in my opinion, as well. I believe it. Fun fact. Your next least rare, Brett. Saints Row 4 reelected. 15% of players have that platinum. Yeah, I just played through the fucking... I played the shit out of that game. I didn't cheat. I didn't hack. That was just me being you know for lack of a better word quite autistic at the game God. all right uh next least rare platinum 11 percent minecraft yeah that one's just time consuming you have to play the game for like a bunch of days so i would leave my playstation on to get it mm -hmm. with 10 percent, brett saints row gat out of hell same thing as saints row 4 i just played the fuck out of it and uh grinded every every trophy I remember that was like a dark time in my life. I would stay up to like 5 a.m. playing Saints Row, trying to get the platinum. So Okay. Your second platinum of all time, Brett. 9% of players have it. Watch Dogs. I was flummoxed when I saw that you had this platinum because this game is terrible. Really? It was an easy platinum. Really? There's one I thing at the end. Uh, it's a drinking... It's a... Um, it's a game in the bar where the guy has the cups and he fucking moves the cups around and shit. And that was the hardest one in the game. I fucking hate that game. Yeah, that game sucks dick. Um, next one. So you have two more. Modern All right, so one of them is Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Okay, and what's the other one? Um, Is it like a triple-A game? Yeah, double-A. Double-A? It's an indie game? No. It's a... I, I wouldn't call it triple-A. It's between there. What studio it's... is it? Begins with a T. The game or the studio? The studio. T. Six percent of players have it. It's your T. eighth eighth platinum of all time. I believe it's T. Let me see. What's the game? Uh, what studio starts with a T? It is it is T. Yeah. Alright, what is it? It is Dying Light, Techland. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good With platinum. Six, six percent. First of all, this game slaps. Okay, <laughs> I gotta tell the story of how I got that game too, because it adds to the, it yeah. adds to the platinum. So <laughs> the day the game came out, GameStop accidentally listed the game for the DLC price and the DLC for the game price. Right. So I spent twenty dollars, and they sent me a code for the full game, and it was the full game with the DLC, everything like the complete edition. Mm. Um, I ended up getting like the, the following DLC, like the big expansion for free with this. Um, 
so yeah, day one, I had the, the game, all the DLC, and yeah, the game's great. I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun, and I platinumed it, and it was a good platinum. Fun platinum. Very cool. And then Call and of your, Duty Advanced Warfare. Warfare, your third platinum of all time, your rarest platinum trophy with only 4% mm-hmm. of players completing it, and that is Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, Brett. Yeah, this one involved cheese uh, a little bit. So all the story ones are like your typical Call of Duty where it's like beat the game on veteran difficulty or beat the missions on veteran. And then there were certain ones, like certain missions where it was like you have to fucking, you know, get a collateral with a sniper rifle and all that shit. Um, You know, in the boat mission, don't hit anything like that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But there was a mode in that game. uh, And you can see this probably if you go on my profile, uh, you could probably see the trophies that are the rarest. All of our all of our trophies are public by the way uh, whether on playstation or if you go to psm profiles and search our usernames you can see all of our trophies so yeah uh so the trophies that were the hardest in the game which is what it gives everybody trouble is the spec ops missions or whatever they were yeah. called oh yeah i don't remember if they were zombies soldiers or aliens or what i forget in that game what they were exo it was exo uh yeah whatever exo zombies yep sure and there was uh, a thing where you had to like I forget exactly what it what it was, but like they called it flop. Where like you got to a certain round, it would like flip over or something. I don't remember. Um, but I did that. I joined a lobby where the zombies were like hacked or like not, or I don't remember. Under we were under the map or something, and I was able to uh, you know progress further than I should have, and I got the trophy. I took advantage of it, and I got the trophies. But I was grinding for the trophies, and that's how I, I it happened. Very um, nice. So I got lucky. I got really lucky. And yeah, I knew that was my my rarest one because uh, yeah. I've looked myself and I've seen that. What's your favorite one out of all those? I would assume it's probably Bloodborne, yeah? Yeah, Bloodborne's probably my favorite. Um, I really liked Astro's Playroom because that was a um, no time wasted, just beat the game, do the little activities afterwards. The PS5 cards made it a lot easier um, mm-hmm. to do certain things. So I liked that a lot. That was a fun experience on my PlayStation 5 on like day one of having it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do want to mention something. There's a game that I didn't get the platinum in and I was one trophy away and, or two, uh, Rayman legends. Oh, here it is. One of my favorite games. Cuba that I sad hate. music. I hate this game so much because they fucking added a thing in the game where you have to get to this level of awesomeness, awesomeness level 11. And to do it, you need to play these online missions and beat everybody's scores and times. And literally, you have to dedicate, and I will fucking, I don't get it. You have to dedicate literally hours of your life each day. Or like, you. I would literally have to get like the platinum or diamond, whatever the fuck it is, medal. Which means beat every other player. I would have to do that every day. I'd have to play this game. Every day. For like an hour. For like fucking two months. I'm not doing it. I'm not. You can't make me. I ain't doing it. And I didn't do it. And I literally... This is what's so bad. I beat the whole fucking game. I beat all of the origin missions. Which is like... They put missions from Rayman Origins in the game too. Beat them all. 100% at every single fucking thing. Got every teensy in the game. I fucking collected all the lums. I did it all. And then I realize there's no more levels. And I'm like, well, how do I get my awesomeness level up? 
you got to play online in the fucking time trials, dude. And there's people that cheat and hack to get their scores high when it doesn't even matter. They're just doing it to be dicks, to make it so other people can't get their levels up. It's bad, dude. It is fucking bad. And if you're one of those people, I fucking, you ruined, you ruined that amazing game for me. Well, bro, I really want to thank you for participating in this topic with me. Uh, I thought it would be a fun little breakup from our typical conversations uh, and something I've been meaning to do for a long time and just kind of go through it with you. And our conversation the other day kind of sparked that. Uh, I have I have the tables. Maybe I'll publish them for everybody to see. Uh, or you can just go to PSM profiles to see uh, our trophy list and the rarity of them. But uh, yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoyed discussing that with me. Great topic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> Moving on. Our next main topic, Brett. Kotaku. Famous video game outlet. Uh, some for... Actually, most for very bad reasons. Now, let me just put this out there. I don't have a... Personal issue with Kotaku, Kotaku per se. I have more so an issue with how they present their... Content. Right? They're a gaming outlet. But to me, every time I read a Kotaku article, all of their writers seem to A, not really be gamers themselves in like the normal sense, yep. or B, don't really care about the people that are either consuming gaming, gaming content, or for that matter, making the games. Brett, I'm referencing an article by Ian Walker. The article is titled Call of Duty Dev, Visiting Europe, Shooting Old Guns Was Hard Work, you know? That's the name of the article. And in that title, he's implying that basically... This, this was a quote from the, this person I'm about to talk about. And he, I know, but what he's implying here is that the Call of Duty dev is saying that his job is hard, but really it's not hard is what they're implying. Right. Now, this quote comes from uh, somebody named Glenn Schofield, right, who is the head of Sledgehammer. Yep. Okay. The specific quote that Ian Walker is referring to is this. Schofield says, quote, People nowadays think a Call of Duty is, you know, just put it through the grinder and another one will come out. They don't realize how much work goes into making a Call of Duty game. There's just a ton of research. Okay. And he was saying this in reference to shooting firearms for research for the next Call of Duty game. Okay. So why I bring this up, right, is can you imagine being Schofield? He is in charge, right, of this massive franchise that comes out every single year and the say biggest. what you will say what you will about call of duty it's fucking huge it's the biggest massive. franchise sells millions of copies every year it doesn't matter what it is right it's the biggest video game franchise of like all time besides pokemon okay it's fucking massive so imagine being schofield and i don't care if he's an executive if he's in charge of the studio if he's a developer whatever it is he's under an immense amount of pressure can you imagine every three years right johnny activision coming to you saying okay you have hundreds of millions of dollars this is your team you have three years to make this game go that's not an easy job to do okay i doubt it was so, three years too i mean I, I bet it was even less than that in certain situations why I bring this up, right, is because basically what Ian does here is continue to go on to say and shit on Schofield for basically doing his job, right? So he says, um, 
that Schofield also mentioned working alongside special forces from several different countries while acting as a co-director on two Call of Duty games and supporting Infinity Ward on the third during his tenure at Sledgehammer. Um, and Ian says here that he doesn't think that this seems like a bad deal as far as video game development goes. He says when the topic of hard work came up, and I guess they were talking in an interview, he said, I fully expected him referencing Schofield to give a nod to quality assurance or speak on the grueling call of duty dev cycle, not reading and watching videos as he goes on to explain. <laughs> and he, he was says, doing research. Exactly. And Ian continues here by saying, while in no way do I intend to diminish the often overwhelming amount of work that goes into making video games, the majority of which falls on the grunts rather than the leadership, what Schofield was talking about here sounds suspiciously like a vacation. Sure, it's probably hard to think of it that way when you're there for work, but come on, you're traveling to Europe with Activision's credit card in your wallet, not back in the studio documenting bugs for 12 hours a day at barely more than minimum wage. Are you kidding me? This man was responsible for the largest gaming franchise on the face of the earth, besides Pokemon. Like, and he's doing research for a game that he's in charge of. And you're, de like, demeaning this man by saying he's going on vacation when he's doing work. He was trying to do, like, a Gamers Rise Up thing, but none of the gamers were behind him. <laughs> he was, like, doing this gotcha thing, and really all he's got he has here is just explaining what Schofield did for his job, which is a pers pers perfectly reasonable thing for somebody that's in charge of a game to do. Yeah. Like... I don't get it, man. I, I just, this, I added this as a sample set of why I have an issue with Kotaku, because this is what all of their media is like. This is what all of it's like, right? Like, it's it's honestly disgusting to me. It's like they write the headlines first, and then they come yeah. up with articles, you know? Yeah, and, I, and all I'm going to say is this, right? If you're a journalist, you're entitled to your own opinion. Okay, but I want everybody that's reading this, don't take my word for it. I don't even care. I'm not here to save you from Kotaku. You can fucking, I, I don't care. Kotaku can exist. That's fine. But I don't have to agree with them. Go look at Ian Walker's other articles. Go read them. Go look at his Twitter profile and see what he says. And then you come back and tell to me, tell me that he's not fucking ridiculous. And I'll leave it at that. Continuing with that, I'm not going to, I was going to, basically I was going to read this entire article, but I'm not going to, okay, because we've been, first of all, this is going on longer than it probably should, um, and I don't want to belabor it too much, but Kutaku has a new editor-in-chief, Patricia Hernandez. I actually don't have a problem with Patricia Hernandez. I think she's actually pretty good. She's done some good work in the past. She's worked at Kutaku in the past. She since went to Polygon, and now has come back and is editor-in-chief of Kutaku. She wrote, a like, a new letter, um called uh, Hello Kotaku, it's me, your new EIC editor-in-chief, okay? Everybody that is involved in video games or plays video games should go read this because it's a point that the article summarizes to this, Brett, a point that you and I have made for a very long time is that typical games journalism is cancer, right? And it's going to die. Formats like ours, communities like ours, content like ours is really what is going to drive interest in video games right it's not this like constant cycle from news outlets covering the next big shiny fucking turd that's coming out and just like perpetuating it telling you oh don't pre-order the game meanwhile they're just incessantly fucking stuck in this constant cycle of what's new like it's it's fucking it's like ridiculous okay and that's an opinion i think you and i share 
Am I, I don't want to speak for you. Am I correct in that? Yeah, it's no, like, you're right. I, I do think that, you know, a lot of what we do here wouldn't be possible without the, you know, these true. journalists that write these articles. However, I do see your point and I agree 100%. Yeah, it's a cycle, right? What's new? What's next? Blah, blah, blah. Not like, I think we do more of, well, maybe it's 50-50. Maybe we should look at that ourselves. But like we take more of like Jason Schreier stuff, more of like the back end um, stuff that is more in depth. Um, yeah. So stuff like that. Anyway. But I bring this up because she essentially says at the end of this, which I thought was so satiant, especially for the outlet that she is now in charge of, right? She talks about vying for relevance, talking about wokeness culture and stuff like that, which she makes some good points on, and that the fact that they really shouldn't have to do that as game journalists because it's not their place, which... We could talk about forever, but she talks about relevance, this constant cycle, anger of journalists, uh, sometimes anger stuck by influencers like us talking about that. Um, but she says what she's getting at basically is that she's terrified about her tenure at Kotaku, right? Because a lot of what she describes in the article, she says she can't change or even her team of people can't change it. Right. Then she talks about that. She hasn't even, she didn't even talk about the institutional issues at Kotaku. And then she says, failure seems inevitable, but I am the sort of cursed person who cannot shoot for anything less than changing the way the game is played. This is the new editor in chief of an outlet that has taken such flack, right? From the content that they produce saying that failure is inevitable. I think that is so satiant. First of all, I do want to give kudos to her because she really laid it all out in this article and was like probably the most honest a gaming journalist has ever been that I've ever seen before. Yeah. Of like pointing out literally everything, some, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't, and then saying that failure seems inevitable. And I have to say that I agree because now that you are the editor-in-chief, you might want to parse back some people like Ian that are on your writing staff and tell them to think about what they're actually writing first before they go ahead and try to get clicks on that headline. Yeah, and maybe that's the institutionalized shit she was talking about. Like maybe there's a culture there where it's like, you know, you don't get rewarded for having good articles. You get rewarded for having the best, you know, the most clicks right yeah yeah and maybe that's why he's writing shit like that who knows yeah so we could talk about that more i just thought it was interesting uh and i don't know <clears throat> wanted wanted to mention it so well kotaku is bad and maybe this is good maybe this is a you know maybe something good's going to come of this yeah so anyway well josh moving on i want to talk about uh something some news that broke a few days ago and it is about you know some fans of our channel might uh be excited for us to talk about again resident evil but unfortunately josh we are going to be talking about something not so good and it's resident evil reverse which josh <sighs> sorry to say this but i wish they would just reverse their decision to make this game i agree with you from the minute it was announced, I thought, wow, this looks like another thing that I'm not going to play. Just like the uh, the one that was included in Resident Evil 3. Was mm -hmm. it remake? Yeah. So let's talk about reverse. What's what's going on in the news? So Capcom's oh. highly anticipated Resident Evil spinoff, <laughs> Resident Evil Reverse. Due not to release. Highly, not highly anticipated. Due to release this month has been delayed to 2022. 
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The company had planned for this title to be released as a 25th anniversary celebration, well, 26th, uh, for the widely popular Resident Evil series. Reverse was first to set release as a free bonus included in Resident Evil Village, but the game has now encountered its first of probably many delays. Just cancel it, dude. This game, from the minute I saw it, did not look good. And then there was a beta, and... I'll talk about some of the opinions of the beta in a minute, but let's go through like what Reverse is. If you're not familiar with what Resident Evil Reverse is, it was a multiplayer horror action experience with for uh, four to six players. An internet connection was required to play, so it's always online. It's an online game. Uh, and you could choose from a collection of characters from throughout the franchise's history to participate in death matches. So that's about as much as I knew before I started researching this topic. Since then, I've kind of found out some things that actually sound kind of cool, Josh, things that make it a little unique. Uh, so the point of the death matches is to earn as many points as possible and use weapons and items found throughout the battle to use against each other and stronger enemies. Um, but this is the part that I didn't know. Characters' deaths result in them mutating into a bioweapon that the player can then use against other players with power-ups to become a stronger bioweapon placed inside virus capsules. So essentially, as you're playing as the human characters, you can collect these items, and the more you have, the better bioweapon you'll be when you die. So first you'll just be one of the molded from Resident Evil 7, and the more you get, you could turn into like Nemesis, right? So I think that's kind of a cool mechanic. Um, but that being said, the game still looks like trash. Um, the only map that was available or shown is Raccoon City Police Department. Uh, it's all asset flips from Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake uh, and some 7 as well. They added like a comic book filter over everything, which just makes everything look weird. Certain characters had to be scaled down and up to make them fit inside the, uh, the maps. And I'll tell you what, it just looks really jarring because the police department is like, way too big compared to the characters in certain situations it just does not look good um so we both kind of shared that sentiment that the game didn't look that great we didn't care that it was coming with village for free um but i want to i wanted to look and see what people thought josh i wanted to know what people that played the actual beta thought about this so i did some research and game revolution has an article by jason faulkner and the headline is this Resident Evil Reverse Beta Impressions. Fans won't hate it for what it is, but what it could have been. Uh, in general, it talks about the characters you could play as Ada Wong, Chris Redfield, Claire Redfield, Hunk, Jill Valentine, and Leon Kennedy. Uh, it talks about the many different bioweapons you can play as. But really, it just goes on to say, it was an asset flip. It doesn't look very good. It doesn't play very good. It wasn't a lot of fun. And there was no reward to anything you would do. If anything, they said it would be cosmetics, which obviously would mean microtransactions. The game was going to be free with Resident Evil Village. They're going to make some money somehow. They were going to add microtransactions most definitely. Um, so yeah, man, I uh, I think that this game should not exist. What about you? I think that you're right. It shouldn't exist. I also have speculation as to why I think not only it's delayed, but it's been delayed this long. Okay. Mm. Why is that? I think they were really worried about 
the state the game was in and how terrible it was and it tarnishing the critical reception of resident evil village that just came out which got praised yep because if you have a small normie brain you see resident evil you're going to associate those two right and they might not want to have tarnished resident evil village right and the name and how well that did with this other game and also i mean look at i, I think they just got really burned on the um anime as well which is tanking it's doing terribly and by the way it is awful um so i think that could be part of it as well that's just my tinfoil hat theory but mm -hmm. well no i think you're right especially because the the game comes packaged with village right so it's like right. it, it's not just like you uh you know you get it and it's completely separate from village this was directly tied to resident right. evil village yeah. um yeah i don't know i'm i'm worried actually because you know, they they basically said, like, you know, if you buy this game, you're going to get this game for free and now it's getting delayed. I think people deserve some kind of compensation for that because you expected, you know, this game was going to release in July. My compensation would be them canceling it and never releasing it. That would be more than enough for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so, yeah, I apologize to any Resident Evil fans that, that thought this looked good or, you know, that were interested in this. But I got to tell you, it just doesn't, it's not doing it for me. And if the boot bits that's all, all right well josh moving on let's talk about a topic that we do every single week and it's called indie intel yes sir it's a segment where we take an indie game we find on kickstarter indiegogo anywhere online and we share it with everybody to give it some spotlight and some love this week josh we are looking at crow sworn slick a dark and mysterious action-packed metroidvania yeah give me the so, flavor text baby i'm gonna give you a flavor text first of all it's by mongoose rodeo from london canada which i did not know was a place now i know mm -hmm. it's a place mm -hmm. um so the flavor text explore a grim fantasy world inhabited by men and monsters alike in this action-packed metroidvania inspired by hollow knight bloodborne and devil may cry mm. Crowsworn is a hand-drawn Metroidvania with a strong design emphasis on explorative platforming, immersive combat, and compelling storytelling. Like most Metroidvanias, the whole point is to explore the world, exp explore the world, kill enemies, beat bosses, and you unlock abilities to backtrack formerly inaccessible areas. Before I move on, Josh, mm -hmm. we got to talk about this trailer. Let me tell you something about this trailer, Brett. It looks slick. It does look slick indeed. And the vibes I'm getting are very strong. You know, they mention right there, Hollow Knight, Bloodborne, Devil May Cry. I don't think you could literally hit it more on the head than that. Yep. Uh, the Hollow Knight comparison specifically, I was like, I was watching this trailer and I was like, holy shit, this looks like a fucking gothic, badass Hollow Knight. Not that Hollow Knight's not gothic and badass. But this looks even more badass and gothic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's just talk about, uh, you know, some of the stuff we see in the trailer. So, first yeah. of all, three different I, weapons in the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Scythe, I just, the pistols, and magic. With I, with all of them, too, they obviously combo together yep. in unique ways. And I want to give specific spotlight to something that you mentioned, and you're absolutely right. 
um, and you can look at this on the Kickstarter page. You'll probably be looking at footage of this anyway at some point. The fidelity of the animations um, and the complexity of the animations, even thus far, and this game isn't expected until December of 2023, by the way. I did not know that. If you look on their Kickstarter, so it's far out in development. It is next level. It is next level. Yeah, there's a, a scene specifically where he throws the axe, or uh, the scythe. Let me explain first the three weapons. So you have a scythe, pistols, mm -hmm. and Corvian magic. Um, the scythe is for close combat. The pistol is for, you know, long-form combat. However, they mention that you don't want to use it and use all your bullets right away because it takes a little bit of time to reload. So you kind of want to wait until you're out of battle to uh, reload your weapon. Um, and then Corvian magic. So with the magic, it says, although these powers are more powerful than the other two weapons, they must be used sparingly, as they will consume malice when used. Malice is a resource that can be generated strictly when you deal damage to enemies with your scythe. So basically, you cannot use this good, you know, really strong power of yours unless you're using your scythe to do damage. Uh, which kind of reminds me of like a Bloodborne type of thing, like when you get your health back for using your, yeah. your main weapon, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So. So, yeah, man, this game looks slick. Um it looks like you can wishlist it on steam i don't think there's a demo or anything yet um mm. they have uh let me just give a spot so they have okay so it's been had the fuck fun with that of it yeah. um it still has a lot of time to go though so if you want to get some rewards which they clearly have some slick stuff i would i would check that out it has 20 days to go at the time of recording this so probably 15 um at the time you're all watching it or 16 over nine thousand backers and four hundred and forty-five thousand dollars plus over their goal of ninety-eight thousand dollars. Yeah, they're they're killing it. Uh, one thing I don't want to fail to mention, Josh. I'm looking at yes. the Kickstarter now. The the navigation, the the way you you platform in this game. I'm just from the gift that they're showing here on the Kickstarter page. It is very much like. Okay, so hear me out. It's like Specter Knight from from uh from Shovel Knight. Mm -hmm. his platforming where he could like go on the lanterns and, and fly to different lanterns. But then right. it's also like shovel Knight where he can bounce off of objects um, via like hitting down uh, mm -hmm. also like ducktails in that, in that regard. Right. Um, and they say that they take a lot of inspiration from a lot of games, but you know, one of them that was specific was donkey Kong country. Mm -hmm. So if you're a, if you're a big fan of that, you know, that's there for you. But yeah, man, I mean, this looks really cool. They're planning to put it on, you know, every console and PC. They said that they're not sure about, you know, what what platform. It says, you know, PS5 is here, PS4 is here, but we're in the middle of a, a generation shift, so you don't know if it's going to be a PS4, PS5, whatever. Mm -hmm. By 2023, it better yeah, be on probably, PS5. Probably PS5. Yeah. But yeah, man, it looks really cool. Small team, six people, it looks like, um, from London, Canada. Uh, anything else you want to say about it, Brent? It looks slick, and the more money they make, the more levels they're adding. So you know, go back it. Uh, yeah. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna back it as well. I mean, it's far way out, but you know, it Absolutely. looks really good. So yeah. All right, crown crowsworn. I almost did it again. Crowsworn. Check it out, people. Well, Brett, that right. will bring us to the end of a, another podcast. A little bit of a longer one this week. Yep. Um, I think maybe in the future, I'm thinking back to our little intro conversation about movies. That might be something interesting to put out by itself in the future alone. What's that? The, the conversation? Our, our movie conversation in the beginning. I think, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. But anyway. Might be a breakout. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, and watching this. If you are watching this, you should subscribe because 
our analytics have told us that like what was it 67.7 percent of people that have watched some of our videos in the past specifically the days gone one are not subscribed so if you're not subscribed and you're here at the end you might as well do it because it helps us out and it helps you out if you like it yeah and then you hit that notification bell and then you know when we upload a video uh you follow us on social media uh but most importantly friends. when yes. you hit that bell you're going to be notified when we upload our next episode of unclaimed baggage which we are going to film right now i'm excited and That's you right. should be too if you haven't watched our two pre two right yeah there's two of them two uh previous entries of unclaimed baggage uh i think you're gonna like the way i was trying to make a men's warehouse reference i think you're gonna like it uh, I guarantee it. So check them out. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to add, Brett? Nope. Thank you guys for watching. Josh, thank you for uh, the mystery topic. It was a good one. And oh, yeah. uh, thank you for hosting. Yeah. All right, everybody. My ass is sweaty. We will see you next time. Goodbye. See you later. Thank you for watching Haptic Guest. Please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you do not miss an upload.